as a minister of the gospel to be celebrating 20, I'll be, November will be my 20th year as a minister of the gospel. This is a, uh, I guess would be a highlight of my career. I can remember sitting back and listening to other pastors uh, talk about being able to go home and preach homecoming uh, at their churches and, 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 and hear them tell those stories and stuff. It'd get me excited. And so homecoming is something that I'm very excited about, but I don't get to come back home. I've never went anywhere. I have served my whole career uh, growing from the time I was about nine or ten years old is about as back as far as I possibly can think of. I have been attending Wells Baptist Church. When I first began to attend Wells Baptist Church, we only had 13 members. 13 members. The closest one to my age was about 55. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> the closest one to my age, we were a very old congregation. And for me to stand before you today and to think back of those 13 members, those times that my grandmother drugged me to church, because literally I did not want to go. Did not want to go, but I'm so thankful now for all the druggings that I got. I'm very thankful for that. To be sitting here and to see the things over the last couple of weeks play out the way that they did. Uh, the children coming up and singing. I can remember there was a time when... Uh, Brother J.L. Scoggin would sit over here at the piano and Miss Ruth Donovan would play and uh, they, we would have children come up and sing. And I can remember the time that uh, me and Thomas and Nick, we would always argue and kind of nudge each other out of the way because we wanted to be the one set, standing right next to J.O. when we began to sing a certain song. And there was a song that I'm not going to sing today for you. It's, it's way Huh? Thank the Lord, yeah. Thank the Lord. But it did cross my mind. It did cross my mind. But I can remember me and Thomas and Nick, we would all be standing there beside a J.O. and we would begin to sing this song called Do Lord. Oh, do Lord, oh, do Lord, oh, do remember me. And at the end of that little singing right there, J.O. would take the, the microphone and he would hold it off to the side of whoever was standing beside of him and we would say, and oh Lordy. And it was, oh do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me, oh Lordy. And it was something that, that Thomas and Nick and myself, we would all enjoy. We couldn't wait till that time to be able to do that. So the last couple of weeks when, when the children have come up and sang, it really brought back a lot of old memories for me, how we used to do that. We had another memory that I, I sit back and I think about uh, over the years. But before I do that, I want to do something else. For Brother, Nick, uh, Brother Kevin has been our pastor for the last 13 years. So if you have 
become a member of our church and associated with our church during brother Ke- while Brother Kevin has been our pastor, would you please rise? And that's probably going to be every single one of you. Every single one of you. Everybody stand up. If you have been a member, everybody, if you've been a member of our church while Brother Kevin has been our pastor, you say, stand up. That's the majority of every single one of us. Before Brother Kevin was our pastor, Brother Nick King was our pastor. So if you became a member of Wells Baptist Church when Brother Nick King was our pastor, remain standing. All right. Before Brother Nick was Brother uh, Pastor David Gallagher. So if you was a member of our church through Brother David Gallagher, continue to stand. Huh? Okay. All right, before Brother David was Brother Charles Ingram. If you was a member of our church during Brother Charles Ingram's pastorship, remain standing. Before Charles Ingram was Brother Ken Bronner. If you was a member of our church during Brother Ken's, remain standing. Before Brother Ken was Brother Mac Pinkleton. Is there anybody still a member of our church during Brother Mac Pinkleton's reign? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> what you see before uh, Brother Mac Pinkleton was our very first pastor that we had at Wells Baptist Church. Very few of us left. I can remember as as far back as uh, I can remember back when, like I said, when it was thirteen members, and then the old church it used to be a, a wood heater that sat right in front of the pulpit that we would gather around in the winter time to stay warm. I can remember that. I was very young during that time, and I can remember Brother Ken as Brother Ken, Brother. Brother Mac got ready to retire, and, and Brother Mac, the one thing about Brother Mac that I can remember, I never remember a Sunday that Brother Mac did not perse- uh, preach to us, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He presented the gospel just about every Sunday. It, it wasn't going to be fancy. He, he didn't preach about the things of life or anything like that. You could just bet that on Sunday morning he was going to preach Jesus is the only way to heaven and if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to make it. That's the only He preached that every Sunday. And about 30 minutes was going to be your max. Don't get used to that now. Them were the glory days. Them were the glory days. 25 to 30 minutes and you could be out of church. Yes, sir. I guess we're not normal. <laughs> That's all I can say. I guess we're not normal. But to think back about Brother Mac and where we come from, he always presented the gospel. And when I think about Brother Kim, 
the one of the things that I remember about Brother Ken is Brother Ken used to love to sneeze. And don't ask me why I remember this about him, but he loved to sneeze. And I can remember him asking, well, why do you love to sneeze, Brother Ken? He says, because that's the closest thing that you come to death and still live. He says, because your heart skips a beat when you sneeze. And I don't know why I remember that about Brother Ken, but he had a really old country accent. Now, y'all think I'm country. This, this man had a, to be from Atlanta, Georgia, he didn't sound like no Atlanta. He sounded like he was from the, the East Hills uh, Okay, it's where he was raised up and from. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, he come back from, uh, he come from, I remember him coming from Georgia in uh, any way, but uh, I, I remember he was as country punkin' as they could be, bless his heart. But he loved the Lord, and, and uh, he was with us only for a very short time. And then when the church called Brother Charles Ingram to be our pastor, we were still a very small congregation, and, and that was during a time that I began to become rebellious, uh, had began to get on up in age, and if, if church was an option, it wasn't for me. Have everybody ever been there before? If church was an option, it wasn't for me. And during Brother Charles's reign as pastor, I would only come during special occasions. I would only come during Mother's Day and Father's Day and Easter, the days that you're supposed to come when you're living in rebellious against God. You just show up on the, the, the good days. But we would always go and visit my grandmother every Thursday night. And I can remember every time we would be over there, it seemed like Brother Charles would show up. We would be over there visiting my grandmother every week, and Brother Charles would show up, and, and he would come in and pray with my grandmother and, uh, and just visit with us, and, and he would always tell me, Kirby, you know where home's at. You know, and he would love me through my sin and, and, uh, and always pray for me and everything. But I don't remember a whole lot about Brother Charles because I didn't live but I do know that this man loved his people like no other. The church has really had began to, to go in a different direction, and it had become a very small little church. I mean, we, they were back down to close to, not quite 13, but it was very few, very few during Brother Charles' as reign as pastor. But he continued to love. And one of the things that I have done going into uh, getting to preach homecoming, I had went around to several people, and I asked several people, what has drawn you to Wells Baptist Church? What makes you want to be part of our family? What brought you to Wells Baptist Church? And one of the things that they told us is the love that you have for one another. And I can honestly stand before you today to tell you that that love hasn't always been here. But Brother Charles Ingram taught us to love each other like no other. We would have church services during those times and he, would, he wouldn't get up and preach a word. He would just look and say, Brother G, 
and he would give an encouraging word about Brother G, and then Brother G would stand up, and it would just lead from one person to the next person, or how much they loved one another, and, and how they encouraged, and that brought a group of people together like no other. And the love that Brother Charles showed those people and the love that they had for one another is a love that has continued to grow to this day. To grow to this day. That's the one thing that I'm so thankful. When I stand before you today that I can recall and I can look back because let me tell you something, when, when Wells Baptist Church was burnt the way that it was, we thought that it was the end. We didn't know what we, they were going to do. They thought it was the end. And I am so excited to stand before you today to know that if God hadn't allowed that little church down the road to burn, I don't think we would be the church that we are today. And that breaks my heart because I still don't, even though we're not in the same location, I still don't want to forget where we come from. Because I can remember, just as we have a baptism today, I can remember when, uh, man, whew. Man, I sit back and I think about mine and Brother Nick. Me and Brother Nick got to do a lot together. The first time me and Brother Nick got baptized, we didn't have the luxury of having our own baptistry. We had to go to, we had church service, and then when we got out of church, we went to another church that had gotten out. You know, we would have to go eat lunch and go do our thing and then meet back at another church that had the baptistry before we could get baptized. And I recall the time that me and Brother Nick got baptized at the same time together as young men. I was in the fourth grade the first time uh, when that happened. But I remember, I remember that uh, of us getting back. We didn't have the luxury of having our own baptistry. And then when we did have that luxury, the baptistry was set off to the side. It didn't sit behind the pulpit of the church, uh, uh, behind the, the pastor. It was set off to the side there that they built. And one of the things that I remember the most that I'm so very thankful for, and I'm glad that none of you or most of you never got to experience it, was the outhouses. <laughs> I kid you not, we had outhouses. We were a church without running water plumb till I was a teenager. Ma'am? The bathrooms did smoke. They, uh, uh, you would they literally turn on the faucet and black stuff would come out of it. We had water, but it was sulfur water. And it, it was black water because it didn't get used a whole lot. And uh, I can remember us as a young man, we'd get to go out there and we'd get to pour Clorox down the, the whale <laughs> to just try to make the water presentable. Uh, but, uh, man, whew, to be able to think about when you walked in the church, and it was the only two classrooms we had when we first started was one on the right and one on the left. It was the only two church classrooms we had, and they wasn't but about eight by ten. They were very, very small. 
and uh, and can, rem can remember that. And then we turned one of them into a bathroom, and then that done away with one of our classrooms. And then we we added an addition onto the back and uh, grew uh, our classrooms. And but I never want to forget where we come from. As you've seen, very few of us of the original are still available, still here. It kind of makes me feel old to be such a young man, to, to be able to think about where we come from, and there's not many of us left. And I'm okay with that, because I know those, the majority of those that have been here, listen, I can just only imagine the reward that they have in heaven. Because, listen, for them, they probably never thought anything about a church being where it is today. They probably never thought about it. You take the, the 13 members that come and, man, I can, I can remember my grandmother on Wednesday nights, we would go to church and it would only be about seven or eight of us and Brother Mac Pinkleton would, he'd make every one of us read. We would open a passage of scripture up and he would teach us Bible study like we do and uh, I guess I would embarrass my grandmother so much because I couldn't read very well. And uh, if any of you have ever tried to read the King James Version as a 10-year-old, you're, you're probably not going to do very well. Or I didn't. But my grandmother would make me sit down and, and read the Bible before we got to church that night because she knew that Brother Mac was going to make every one of us read a certain number of verses. And uh, she would make me sit down and she wouldn't let me just pick out what verses I wanted to read. She'd make me read the whole chapter during that time. And, but uh, as I remember that those things, I'm so thankful. But there are some people that Brother Bill and Christine Morris was one of the first founding members. Glover and Wanda Horn, J.O. Scoggins, Gene Harville, Emmett and Ruth Donovan, and my grandmother and grandfather, Tom and Clara Morgan, Faye B. Uh, I can remember at one time when we were so few of us and Faye B and, and Francis Nim began to come to church. Some of the congregation would sit over here on this side. This side was nothing but the butchers and the kings. That's how many of them it was. It was, it was so many of them that they come, and we really thought we were growing. We really thought we were growing with, with 50 or 60 people, but 25 of them were one family, you know? <laughs> but it was so amazing to sit back and think about how we would sit over, everybody would sit over this side, and then this side would be the, the kings and the butchers to be able to do that. And I won't ever forget, one of our goals was... Man, every Sunday we would, somebody would count, and we would, we, I'll never forget the Sunday we reached 100 the first time. The Sunday that we reached 100 for the first time, we really thought we had hit a landmark and uh, made a big, big deal out of the 100. Because it used to be, them signs that's on the back of the church, they used to be right up here behind the pastor 
up here, and it was always a big thing to know how many people we had for Sunday school and you know, how much the offering was and, and how many people you had for worship, how many members you had. It was always a big deal back then. But when we reached 100, man, we really thought we had done something. And I sit back and I think, where we come from? Because his brother Charles taught us how to love one another and, and showed us something. For most of my commitment to God come through Brother David Gallagher. And Brother David Gallagher was a man that come into our church and I really give him a lot of credit for tearing down the walls of tradition. Because, Lord and behold, there was no 30-minute sermons in that man whatsoever. That's where we began to get away from that 30-minute sermon. Because prior to Brother David, there was a 30-minute sermon. If you went over 30 minutes, somebody was going to be typing their watch. That uh, you need to be getting this done because Kentucky Fried Chicken is going to be getting full. But Brother David come in, and, and one of Brother David's saying was, it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's all about him, all about God. And through that, Brother David began to help us tear down the walls of tradition to break things. We didn't do things just because we've always done it. We didn't do that. And when Brother David began to minister to us, I'll never forget my grandmother, I, I had kind of been in and out of church, was more out of church than I was in church. and My grandmother had had real bad arthritis, and she had gotten to where she couldn't drive. And uh, she would, we would go there on, we, on uh, Thursday nights, and we would always stop and either pick up pizza or Taco Bell or something. And uh, she'd say, I just wish somebody would take me to church. I just wish somebody would take me to church. So one Thursday night, Michelle told her, said, Mama, we'll take you to church. And I thought, man, <laughs> okay. So we leave my grandmother's house, and I said, so, oh, you're going to take my grandmother to church on Sunday. She said, no, we are. <laughs> I said, I didn't volunteer to take her to church. You did. So Friday gets around there, and you going to go to church with us on Sunday? I didn't tell her I'd take her to church. You did. Saturday rolls around, and that was the conversation all day long. Are you going to take us to take your grandmother to church on Sunday? Nope. You said you were going to take her to church. Well, Sunday morning, morning, Sunday morning rolls around, and she says, you're not going to make me take your grandmother to church by myself, are you? And I said, I didn't tell her I was going to take her to church. You did. So in my very best interest, <laughs> I decided I, it might be better for me to get up and go to church. <laughs> Would be my very best interest. So we get up and we go to church, and Carrie was just a, a, a toddler. She was probably a, about a year old or so when we go, and Rachel was uh, about three years old, and we were out at the association building. This church was in the process of being built. And we were out in the association building 
And Brother David stands up and he preaches and Michelle grabs Carrie or Rachel by the hand and to the front she goes. And I'm sitting here thinking, what in the world is this woman doing? She don't have no clue anything about church or what church is. And she just walked up to the front and started talking to the preacher. And she walks up to Brother David and she says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know why I'm here, but I know that I need Jesus. And she had took Rachel by the hand and let, because she didn't want to go by herself. And she knew good and well that I wasn't going to go with her. So she walks up to the front and she begins to uh, give her life to Christ and on her way home, we began to talk, and she began to talk, you know what, I, I really like church, and I want to go to church, and I want to do that right now. And I began to think, you know, man, if I'm going to do this, I don't want to play with it. I want to be serious about it this time. Because I can remember when I was living with my grandmother, every single night my grandmother would sit down, and I could be in the bed, and every night my grandmother would pray for her children and her grandchildren. Every single night. And there were some nights that I was thankful that somebody is interceding on my behalf. Because I'm laying here knowing that, man, if she finds out what I've done, there's not a switch or clothes hanger or floss water that is going to hold to what I have coming to me. And I'm thankful for a woman that would sit down and pray and ask God to forgive me just in case I did do something wrong. And there were nights that I would lay there and I would be thinking, man, what have I done? Because it was every single night that I, I would lay my head down that I would hear my grandmother call every single one of her children out to Almighty God. And she would pray for me every single night. So even when I was unchurched, I knew in the back of my head that there was someone praying for me. And I can honestly tell you today that I don't believe that I would be standing before you today if it was not for somebody praying for me. I tell you that to encourage you. Listen, when you feel like that your prayers are not being answered, because I don't know how long my grandmother prayed for me, but I know she prayed for me every single night. And I really truly believe I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for somebody interceding on my behalf and lifting me up to the Almighty God. And I'll never forget when we had our very first service here in this building right here, 20 three years ago, I guess, almost 23 and a half, somewhere like that, when we had our first baptism, our very first service, we had our very first baptism. And I rededicated my life to the Lord and, and decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I want to be true and faithful. And then when Brother Nick began to, he was working with the youth and he got the call to be a pastor and he went to serve at a couple of other churches and then God brought him back here. And during Brother Nick's reign, I had the, one of the greatest opportunities in the world to still be able to serve 
as an associate pastor with Brother Nick of Wells Baptist Church, and I would think about how awesome it is, how awesome it is, and today while I was sitting here and we were singing how great thou art, man, I just overwhelmed me with tears to think that, man, how great it is for myself and Brother Nick and Brother Kevin to be able to serve a church that we were raised in. To serve at a church that we were raised in. Brother Kevin come in as a teenager. He fell in love with a, a young lady. and uh, Oh, she fell in love. <laughs> it ain't time for confession, sister. <laughs> It was, oh, okay. Ah, ah, well, but it's so amazing to sit back and think that how great of a God we are to use people like ourselves, snotty-nosed, hard-headed brats, because that's what I was. I don't know about Kevin and Nick, but I was snotty-nosed, hard-headed, and I was a spoiled brat to think that God used somebody like us showed us enough grace and mercy when we didn't deserve it to be able to serve a people like you. And there's no other place I would believe I would be speaking on behalf of Brother Kevin to tell you that there's no other place that we would rather be than to be serving people like you. And I'm so thankful that as being one of uh, such a young, I still want to call myself young because I don't, I don't like accepting age. I am young, yeah, thank you. That I, I, I am considered to be one of the oldest members of, of Wells Baptist Church. But I don't want to for, forget where we come from. And I tell you that to encourage you with this. I was going to do 13 of these, but it didn't work out very well. Many of you are wondering what this corn is. Where'd it come from? One of these were planted in the ground back during the springtime. And one of these was put in the ground. It died. It raised a seed. And up on a stalk of corn was two ears. And those two ears produced corn that we see before us today it come from one it come from one and I wanted to do 13 of these but we didn't have 13 vases to be able to do it but I wanted to show you that one can produce this listen we are who we are today because one of the other 13 original members of Wells Baptist Church trusted God by faith to be able to keep our doors open and, and to, to go. It would be hard to come to church with 13 members. I'll just be, well, I ain't going to lie to you, it would be hard. But they were faithful to do whatever was necessary, 
whatever was necessary to be able to keep our doors open and keep on pursuing God and wanting to live a life of godliness. Those 13 has produced what you see before us today. And I can imagine what their reward is when they got to heaven and God began to show them that, you know what, it didn't look like much there on earth, but let me show you what it can be. Let me show you what it can be. And every one of these is probably one of us. And I would tell you that to tell you this. Listen, it only takes one to produce this. This only takes place if you continue the journey. You continue to search and serve God no matter what. Because even when droughts come, even when, when excessive rain comes, they still produce. And it may not produce what you think it should, but it still produces. And it's only going to be up to you. Do not let what God has, has done in your life stop. Because listen, seeds only begin to not grow when you stop. And as long as you continue to serve and honor God, I can imagine what 40-something years of our church history of being a Baptist church will look like 40 years from now. Because you and I can't see what God sees. We can only see what's before us. And I can promise you, when it wasn't but 13 of us, I never thought that I would see. Because when we built this church, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was overkill. <laughs> Why in the world do we need a this size? And I'm so thankful that the pews are full today. I can only imagine what Brother Mac would have done if he'd have seen pews full like this. There's been some people in our lives that I've talked about, but there's been a few that have gone on to be with the Lord that many of you know. I can remember Brother Nick, Brother Eddie, uh, Wayne B., Tommy Lee Barnett, his mother and his father, Tommy and Lena Joe. Used to get confused sometimes. We had Tommy Barnett and then we had Tommy Lee Barnett. So when you called Brother Tommy, you had to make sure you knew which one you was talking to. It's either Brother Tommy Lee or Brother Tommy. It was a father and son that we got served. And it was, it's amazing that a lot of church family here, I'm very, very thankful to be able to still go to church with my, with my sisters and my brothers, not no brothers, but my sisters and my children, to be able to continue to go to church here. But we're all family, not just immediate family, but we're all family. But I think about, and this one lady that I think about so much, uh, Miss Christine Rose. This was a lady that sat, she sat right there, right about where Miss Sister Lizzie sat in yet. She would always sit on the front row. And Miss Christine, there was never an offering or 
chicken bucket that was ever presented that this little lady didn't give all that she had. Now, the only way she was able to get to church was somebody had to go by and get her. She didn't drive. I've never known Miss Christina. I don't know if she even had a license, but I never know this lady to drive. But she loved the church, and she would give everything she had. And it might not have been much, but, man, God would do so much. The Meemaws, the Browns, there are so many people that have gone on before us that are no longer here. But as the scripture talked about today, they longed for a homeland. And it wasn't here. Listen, we're only passing through here. We're only passing through. And I would encourage you to continue what God has started in you and through you. Because the only way Wells Baptist Church is going to continue to grow and produce things that we don't even see is through you. You being obedient to God and you choosing to continue to love one another. Because I'm so thankful for Brother Kevin. Because one of the things that I told you that I asked people what draws them to Wells Baptist Church. And the first thing was because of the love that they have for one another. The second thing, and every single person I asked said the exact two things. It's because the love that they have for one another, it's because of the word that's being preached. I'm so thankful for a man that stands before you week after week. And don't use smoke and light. You don't use anything other than the word of God to teach you. And the love that he has for you to, to reach your full potential that God has for you. I'm so thankful for that man. Because it's very, very, very uncommon in Baptist churches for the pastor to last more than three or four years. And we are very, very, very thankful to have him for 13. And I pray to God that we get to continue to have him for 13, 14, 15, 20 more. But I'm thankful that you are who you are today because of God using a man like Brother Kevin to stand before you week after week to be nothing more than thus says the Lord. Because the two things that every single one of the people that ask, and I ask probably 15, 18 of you, what has brought you to Wells Baptist Church? Why are you here? And it was because of the love that you have for one another. And thus says the Lord, the word of God being preached to you. I encourage you to this. Don't let that love die that you have for one another. Continue to be long-suffering, patient with one another because we are a, a bunch. You have to deal with imperfect people like me. That's what I'm going to say. You have to deal with imperfect people like me. You've got to deal with selfish people like myself. 
But we cannot do this by ourselves. It, in order for us to continue to be what God wants us to be as a church, it takes every single one of us. Because I can remember being able to go and, and pray with Brother Kevin and asking, Brother Kevin, what would you like for us to pray about? And one of the things that, man, I, I didn't think we was ever going to get there. Man, every time we would pray, Brother Kevin, man, I just want a worship team. Man, I just want a worship team. I just want a worship team. Man, we prayed for years for a worship team. A worship team. Am I lying, Brother Kevin? For years we prayed for a worship team, and, and God delivered us a worship team. Now, I'm going to tell you everything that we prayed about, but it's been amazing to sit back and see what God has done in you. And I want to encourage you this morning to continue. Because you may think that you're only one seed. But look what those seeds produce. And if every one of you produced what those 13 did, heaven is going to be full. And that's the only reason why we're here, is to make sure you're presentable to the God Almighty that we serve. That you have a personal relationship with Him, because without a personal relationship with Him, there is no other way into heaven. And you may be here this morning, you may only be here because it's homecoming. You may be like me. There was a time that I only showed up for special occasions. I'm going to tell you, you're not here by coincidence. God is needing you. You need to get your life right with God, and you need to be committed to Him and serve Him honorably. You don't need to waste the years that I wasted by just coming to church on special occasions. Because I sit back and think of what I could be if I'd have been fully committed to God the whole time instead of waiting till I was 20-something years old to do so. Church, we love you. And it ain't no other place that Brother Kevin, and that's the reason why I take it such heart, is because it ain't very few of us left very few of us left but I'm thankful that it ain't because those that are not with us any longer they're in a lot better place and they get to have church every day every day